Hello, episode 17. So we're heading into uh, the Christmas season. Um, and consequently lots of memories around Christmas. And, and then if, you, if I extrapolate on them around um, Easter and other holidays, you know, Thanksgivings and things like that, probably next week we'll talk about some Christmas memories. Um, but after talking last week about the life, my life in Birmingham as a child, I wanted to, um, I don't know if elaborate, maybe elaborate, I don't know, talk about that a little bit more. Um, some of my earliest memories are from when I was five years old. So, uh, you, you don't, you may not have very clear memories when you're five, but I, I do have some pretty clear ones. Um, <clears throat> one of them uh, was the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Um, just my mother's reaction. Uh, it was, it imprinted me. Um, it was raw, raw emotion. Uh, angst. Uh, there was a different... Like, she was a Democrat, and he was a Democrat, but it was a different time then. Politics didn't divide so much, you know. You the Democrats didn't hate the Republicans, and the Republicans didn't hate the Democrats. They they worked together, and a lot of bipartisan stuff happened, and, you know, they were corrupt together. <laughs> I mean, let's face that. I mean, that's, that's a different story. <laughs> I didn't really want to talk about that I'm sure corruption will come up again but so that that was an experience uh my mom's religion was really basically at that time civil rights that was her life uh, when she went to church the unitarian church when she was in public when she you know at that time she was still married to my father my in fact she may have been pregnant my sister was born in in 64 so and I remember that clearly like so that's a six-year-old memory but five-year-old memories I want to talk a bit about another memory of something that happened in 1963 and um, that's the bombing of the 12th Avenue I can't remember the where it was there was a bombing of a black church right downtown in Birmingham and uh, it was an intentional uh, bombing to hurt people. It was a, a there was dynamite planted under this church porch area, um, and it was on a timer and set to go off as people would be arriving to go to church. So I mean, uh, it was brutal. This was Birmingham in the '60s, uh, at least the early '60s, but really farther. Uh, farther in than the early 60s so um <clears throat> excuse me still fighting that cough uh the rest of the cold's gone but i still fight the cough and i think there was four children were killed three girls and a boy or they might have all been girls they were all little black girls and boys on their way to sunday school uh 
And my memory is that they did eventually catch or convict four uh, KKK members of of that bombing. But the time at that time, Birmingham was a brutal. It was probably one of the most brutal places for black people to live in Birmingham, Alabama. That they had uh, one of the most uh, horrendous or uh, aggressive, hateful most infamous, uh, brutal, a brutal man. Bull Connor was the sheriff of Birmingham, Jefferson County. Um, he made no qualms about attacking uh, black people with batons and beating the crap out of them. And he had uh, a group of uh, police dogs he would sick. If there was a gathering for protest, he would sick the dogs on the, on the protesters. Um, I mean, it was, it's not, I mean, it's not the same as, as, you know, getting a water cannon. It's a little different than water cannons. And, um, they use shotguns and I wouldn't be surprised if they had full pellets in them, not just, you know, plastic, well, they didn't have plastic pellets, but rock salt and bacon rind. So it's, um, it's in that, that, that was the atmosphere the, uh, the atmosphere of Birmingham Alabama when I was growing up and you know my mom was on the opposite side of that it was uh, her deeply held belief that the black man was equal to the white man as I got older and was more cognizant of the way that she lived out her worldview was quite unbalanced she was she had a very different kind of prejudice. Uh, it wasn't a hateful prejudice. It was a prejudice towards, like she voted, she would have voted for Obama just because he was black. That's it. It wouldn't have mattered the character of the man. It would matter. Nothing, none of that would have mattered. That's how she was. And when my stepfather left her, um, she began looking for a black man to date because she always liked black men. Now, in, in my childhood, again, this would have happened after, so pro after my dad left, my mom started dating, uh, you know, she started dating, and she dated some black men. Now, that was really pushing it in, in Birmingham at that time, so that would have been closer to 67, 68, when that was happening. I think my dad left in 66. Uh, so, I mean, she may have started dating in 66, but... So, we didn't often see who she was going out with, but at one point, my mom um, was brutally beaten up and left for dead in a ditch. And um, by some miracle, she was found. I don't remember the details of that story right at the moment. I have them sort of written down somewhere. <laughs> I'd have to look them up, but it ruptured her spleen. She almost died. Um, like I said, we had we had a maid, so we weren't left alone. And uh, I believe my dad probably came and stayed with us while, while she was in the hospital, because she was she, like, if you know anything about a ruptured spleen, it bleeds out really quick. You bleed out with a spleen really quick. <clears throat> Now, that just reminded me of another story from being a kid in, in Qualicum Beach in the 70s, but I'll get to that one another day. Um, in the end, like we all thought that she was beat by white people, 
that's what we assumed that somehow she had been mobbed and beaten up and left for dead in a ditch because of the KKK. Well, it, in the end, it turned out that wasn't what happened. My mom had been dating two men. One was a black man and the other was a white man. Now, it turns out the white man was not just white. He was probably KKK. He was a deputy sheriff for for Birmingham. Like, this is... When, when you find out this story, it's mind-boggling, knowing who Bull Connor was. And... Um, that this guy worked under his leadership. I mean, that doesn't mean all cops are corrupt because the head cop is corrupt. I'm not, but there is that sort of natural, uh, you want to naturally link those two things together. Um, so in the end, it turns out that the black fella found out that she was also dating um, a deputy sheriff. And um, he beat her up and left her for dead. Now, because of what I just did, where I put the two together, the sheriff and the and the deputy sheriff, I'm sure that's what happened with the black dude. Like, he thought, what is she, spying on me for the KKK? Am I going to, you know, whatever. I don't know. Who knows what happened? It didn't change my mom's feelings uh, or opinions of black people. Um, there, there comes this point where you, if you want to be genuine, uh, you know, and it's back to worldview again, if your worldview is that of being generous and forgiving and kind to everybody and trying to be tolerant and accepting and all that stuff. So if genuinely, if you want to be that, then you need to be able to learn to put yourself into another person's position. Now, for those of you who know me, I, I am not a political. I am a political uh, person. Uh, it's not as important to me as my faith, but in a in a very tangible way, they're they're united. So, in looking at the world today, comparing it to how it was then, and growing up as a child there from like that memory was from when I was five earlier memory from when I was eight or nine uh, and memories I got memories all the way through there of what it was like to be a white person in, in Alabama and to observe black people because my mom wasn't separated from the black people in the, to the same capacity that people normally were so I mean you want to see a good representation watch that movie The Help it's it is a pretty good representation of what it was like in the 60s, blacks and whites. Only some of them actually loved the black people and others just used the black people. So, um, <clears throat> back to today. So I, I've been thinking, you know, I, I quoted from from uh, James, uh, the book of James last, last week. I also, I, like there's these three or four letters, well, there's a bunch, there's more than that. There's a number of letters that come after after Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, and they are James, which is the brother of Christ, which I talked about last time, and then Peter, who, he's the rock. Peter is considered by the Catholics the first pope. He was the, he was the disciple, one of the close circle disciples for, for Christ. It was uh, basically three, Peter, James, and John. Now, James, James the disciple was the first uh, one of the, thir the twelve disciples to be 
executed, so he was beheaded. Um, and then the other one is John. So these books, the book of James, the book of Peter, First and Second Peter, and books of First, Second, and Third John, they're letters. And then after that comes Jude, and, and Jude was also the brother of Christ. But anyway, they you get to see these men, their characters come out. Like they're totally different characters. They're human beings. And um, so uh, they they get to express what they experienced and, and, and internalized and how that formed their belief system, their belief in Jesus being being the Son of God and every bit God, every bit man. And, 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 and it's interesting to look at them <coughs> and see the things that they focus on. Now Peter talks in his first letter, he talks pretty much at length about our position as we are we are a, a, a holy nation the believers are a holy nation so they should be holy like are we <laughs> there's got to be a question there when you look at history but there are has always been a thread of the holy the holy the holy like then the devout anyway uh, throughout history that is so a holy nation a, a kingdom of priests so we're kings and priests uh, this is the mentality that he's living under. He's like, we are raised above, but, but we're not from this world. Our world is another place. So there's other places where we're called ambassadors. The believers are called ambassadors. So we're supposed to be ambassadors from this other kingdom, this kingdom that is the kingdom of Christ, this this call it heaven, whatever it is. I mean, Jesus talked often and he was often asked questions about the kingdom of God. And he spoke about it being here now. But just seeing the character and how how Peter and James, uh, Paul, other disciples <coughs> talk about the um, the relationship that we have to authority, like we are here as humans in, in the flesh, and we have a uh, a need to honor authority. Um, so, but that didn't stop any of the disciples from ever uh, addressing injustice, okay? It was a different time there. There was kings and then there was the emperor. It was a different kind of system. But now we live where we live. We have uh, some legal rights to express our views, to be putting it out there, right? And the, the the believer doesn't always see things the same way. Like, for instance, with the border crisis, I have a, a brother-in-law who's a Catholic, and he he puts forward these these statements that I don't disagree with. That about the immigrants, the illegal migrants coming into the states in the South, how they're people. They need, they have wants and desires and needs and. I totally agree, and I have a lot of compassion for that. And I, I have sent uh, resources to deal with that and the homelessness and motherless or fatherless uh, children and and uh, single mothers and in my life. And we have we have taken people into our house uh, who were pregnant and had no the father wasn't involved. We have we've done this throughout our life. Um, been, I've been a volunteer in almost everything. It's 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 part of the mentality that uh, that I have to adopt because it's my worldview. So as if I believe my worldview, then I begin to do these things. So I'm not going to be quiet when I see injustice and corruption. Uh, anyway, back to that thing on the border. Like I agree with him. 
that like I posted a story on Facebook about the uh, immigration officers being pulled off of their duties to guard the border and prevent people from entering illegally and to track down illegal migrants and they've been assigned uh, this was a, this was a the video was a congressional hearing they and they've been assigned to make sandwiches and take care of these migrants who are illegal illegally entering our country <clears throat> now and I I don't I don't think it's the state's responsibility to make sandwiches for illegal migrants I think it is the responsibility of humans I think it's the responsibility of Christians. I think it's the responsibility of NGOs or churches who have that as their mandate. Churches should have that as their mandate. Christians should have that as their mandate. That should be something that directs and influences your your view. guess I want to extrapolate a little bit. Like, I believe that it's my job, first of all, to honor all men. Another thing, you know, I watched this Bass Reeves, uh, Lawman Bass Reeves, I think it's called, um, it's on Paramount, and it's uh, it's done by the same guy that did the uh, the uh, Yellowstone uh, Dutton family stories. It's a true story. It's about a black man who becomes a marshal after the Civil War. He was a slave, and he's freed, and he becomes a marshal. He's asked to be a marshal. Um, it's an interesting story. I really quite like it, but there's something about this guy, the black man. He... He, he believes the Bible so, so deeply that it influences virtually everything that he does. And he does not take lightly the taking of a life. And he learned, he learned <coughs> when he was a slave, his master was a major or colonel or something in the Civil War. And he rode with him. And his master gave him a gun and said, either you fight or I kill you basically. So he learned to shoot and fight and, and, and he learned how to be a soldier. So these were qualities, these were things that he needed to be a lawman uh, in, in, at that time. At every time probably, but definitely at that time. So, but he didn't, he did not relish or enjoy the taking of a life. Every time he took a life, it took part of him. And he talks about it. He talks about it in relationship to his belief of, of God. Now, this man was a slave, and he was taught Christianity by his master. But he learned to read, and he reads the Bible himself. Now, there's some people that'll say that the blacks had their own... They had a Bible that was written specifically for the blacks. I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. I've never looked into it. But the truth is the truth, and the Spirit of God is powerful. And this, this man... The way that it's being written, the way that he's being portrayed, is a godly man. He's on the he's on the likes he's the likes of Martin Luther King, he's the likes of of uh, Billy Graham, uh, except that he's not a minister. He's a minister of the law. He's he's a sheriff or a marshal. It's really interesting. Um, the point being, I honor that I honor him. I honor all those policemen. I honor the position that they hold. I honor the prime minister. I despise the man. I think he's a wicked man, uh, Trudeau. I despise uh, the man, the president of the United States, Biden. I, I think he's a puppet. I don't think he does anything. I think there's handlers that do everything behind him. I despise the man, Trump. 
he he's a scoundrel. He's been historically a scoundrel. Now, for any of those guys, I allow for repentance and and change. And Trump is saying that he's changed and whatever. But whatever. If you're going to vote, you don't have the option to choose a godly man because they're not there. The godly men are running for position. Typically, it's been a long time in in both countries. Um, anyway, I just want to explain, I wanted to explain how I get this incorporating um, politics into my faith. It's not incorporated into my faith, it's just part of me living out my faith. And it's how I've interpreted uh, my worldview in relationship to my understanding of the Bible. And I, I want to go farther into that, and and uh, and... I don't know if I will. I won't in this podcast, but um, maybe I'll start another. I mentioned it before. Maybe I'll start another podcast. Um, I think it's balanced, and I, I trust my ability to be uh, to observe what the what the duty of the state is, and what the duty of the individual is, and what the duty of the of the church is, uh, what the duty of the Christian is, and I I I. I think it's pretty good. I, I'm open to uh, to criticism or, or discussion um, to re-examine it. I am constantly re-examining it, and I have to have to. Otherwise, I just become angry, and um, the pa- the passion overtakes the compassion. <laughs> and you need them both. <laughs> you need both a passion and a com- and compassion. Or uh, they they are those are things that make for the well-rounded man. Anyway, so this is. This is uh, a refining of my worldview and a internalizing of that and a manifestation of that. But I suggest you, you pick up the Bible and read it. But I, I've been uh, looking into some of the atheist arguments against God and, and stuff. So um, it's interesting. The ones that have read the Bible, their arguments actually hold more water. They're ones that are thinking about it. But you still have to make your own decision. And again, you have to trust. Like earlier in Peter, it talks about uh, the believers being preordained from the beginning of time. So God knew who would accept him and who wouldn't. And uh, and the purpose, the growth, what it's for, the purpose is to bring us to this place where we are prepared to... Uh, be revealed in Christ when Christ is revealed in the last day. And again, and I spoke about that before. I think we're approaching that rather rapidly. But every generation thinks that World War Two, World War One, even the Civil War, probably. So, anyway, that's seventeen. I don't know what I'm going to do for a song. I'm still not singing yet. Um, figure something out. Thanks a lot.
His love. 